Hi guys, Jacqueline and Mani here. We are your hosts of the Metabody podcast. We're both technologists and entrepreneurs and deeply interested in how tech impacts society. On this podcast, we explore what it means to be human in a world of exponential digital change. Hi everyone, welcome to the Metabody podcast. I am Mani O'Brien. And hi, I'm Jacqueline Houghton. And we're so thrilled that you're here. This is our very first attempt to uh, record our very first episode of Metabody. So maybe this will be some kind of like pivotal moment in our lives. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I certainly hope so too. So we are going to tell you a little bit of background behind the reason we started this podcast, um, which is all about basically technology and humanity like what it means to be human in a digital world, right? Or how would you describe it, Jacqueline? It's an evolving work. Yeah, um, an evolving work. That's true. Yeah, it's basically the relationship between um, technology and human beings and what are the implications of um, the trajectory of technology this day and age on society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, we've explored so many different ideas and we listen to so many podcasts and there doesn't really seem to be a podcast out there with this um, angle of kind of just talking about these big ideas. Like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of really specific podcasts out there on like AI, for example, mm -hmm. and like kind of more application based, like for marketers doing AI, but not mm -hmm. more conversational. Right. Yeah, totally. There's not a lot of, they're just like kind of broad swoop. Um, yeah, much more either like application based or just in one specific niche. So we want to, we're going to try to process it all. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> That's even possible. <laughs> yeah. And I guess to give a little bit more insight into our backgrounds, we've got a really rich experience in technology. We're technologists. We are entrepreneurs. Jacqueline and I have a business together. And I mean, we are basically on video chat all day, every day. And many times our conversations turn into this like deep philosophical conversation about like all of these topics. Like, what does it mean to be human with the technology that we have? Right. <laughs> Totally. On a daily basis. <laughs> mm, yeah. I mean, so I think we got to a point where we're like, we should start recording this. Um, some of the topics I know that we really love is our like consciousness, especially um, and like religion and the way that we think of ourselves. There's two of our mascots chiming in, Sleepy and Carbone. <laughs> Can you hear that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are playing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, we are just excited to open this conversation. Um, it's a really interesting point in time when it comes to technology. Um, so hopefully this is of interest. Um, if you like this podcast, we invite you to subscribe and to leave us a review. We hear that that is good for podcasters. <laughs> this is our first attempt at podcasting. So please let us know what you think. <laughs> And hopefully by the time we record this, we might have some social media links as well. So I don't know. It's pretty off the cuff. We'll see. Um, but today's topic is the gig economy. Um, 
And we thought we would dive in and just talk a little bit about what it means to what the gig economy is, what it means to basically live and work in the digital age and how technology has really transformed our ideas about success um, in the workplace. And to start, um, we have a couple of really interesting statistics to share with you um, to just talk about the gig economy. So and basically, like Jacqueline, how would you describe the gig economy? So the gig economy is basically referring to the labor market um, that includes short-term contracts or freelance work as opposed to permanent jobs. Um, it's also been called the sharing economy and um, the collaborative economy. And it's basically getting its name from work um, that is referred to as a gig, um, which falls under um, multiple names, but, you know, a side hustle, basically. Um, so you can see why this is a really attractive type of work, because it's the kind of work that um, makes you basically your own boss. Totally work outside of your nine to five office job, even if it's like your full-time thing. So we found a couple of interesting stats just to give you a sense of how big the gig economy has gotten in the last few years. So more than a quarter of the U.S. worker, more than a quarter of U.S. workers participate in the gig economy. So this includes people who engage in any type of independent work, either online or offline, with either regular or occasional participation and for primary or supplemental earnings. So basically, one in four people that you know who work are participating in the gig, gig economy in some way. Um, some other interesting stats, more than one in 10 U.S. workers rely on gig economy for their primary income. Um, and this is all based off of, by the way, some uh, research papers that we found that we can link to in the show notes, but it includes, uh, you know, McKinsey Global Institute, the Freelancers Union, and many others. Um, and it just goes to show, like, how prevalent the gig economy is. Some of the stats that I thought were most interesting that Jacqueline and I are super interested in is that 63% of full-time executives say they would rather be an independent contractor. And on the other side of that, 75% of gig workers say they would not leave freelance work behind for a full-time job. Um, finally, one last stat is that at least 90% of Americans are open to the idea of freelancing, consulting, or independent contracting work. So yeah, what do you, what do these statistics mean to you, Jacqueline? Do you find that this is pretty reflective of like your day-to-day -day as far as like attitudes of people towards like, you know, freelance work? Yeah, totally. I think one stat that we left off also hears um, about the millennial group. Wasn't it 50% of millennials at this point in time in the United States are participating in the gig economy? So that's correct, right, Mani? Yeah, I think it's something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so yeah, given the stats that you just highlighted, the 63% of executives want to work independently. 75% of people that do work independently say they wouldn't leave their freelance work for a full-time job. Obviously, people are super frustrated with their normal like day-to-day -day grind, and um, we think that the the sort of emergence of all of these really amazing technological tools that are allowing us to be more mobile in every aspect of our lives are showing us that we don't have to work 
like we used to. Um, this is a new world. And the fact that the reason I brought up that 50% of the millennial population is working in the gig economy is so interesting is that, you know, they're they're not the youngest generation, but they're kind of the generation that's in working mode right now. And if, if it's already at that rate and it's increasing, um, there's definitely going to be a shift. What what it means to work, the way that people think about work, there's going to be a big drop off, I expect, in the next 10 to 20 years. And we're no longer going to see um, people participating in in jobs and in work the way that, you know, their grandparents did and, and not loving it. Um, mm -hmm. there's just, there's so many, there's so many better ways to be efficient with your time and still be really productive and do a fantastic job in whatever it is that you're doing, that it's just not necessary for us to function in this way as a society anymore. Yeah, man, I cannot agree with you more. It's, and it's like, when we think about the implications of this on like from a corporate perspective, like. Oh my God, how can companies even keep employees because they do have more options than ever to go be a freelance or remote employee? Um, yeah. So I think like the companies coming out of San Francisco have been really, really innovative in this space. And probably because part of the fact is that they're mostly tech companies, but they're also super forward thinking in how can we retain really talented people that, um, that understand this phenomenon and could potentially go out and make their own businesses independent of us. Um, so I, I think what companies have to do is ask themselves, what are the things that these employees want that they can't have? Mm -hmm. how, how to change that. And then also ask themselves this, like, what are the things, the aspects about starting your own business that make it not as enticing to an independent, you know, worker to, mm. to want them to start their own business. So if you as a corporation could provide that, like, let, let me make it easy for you. So you don't have to do the really hard part of starting your own business, but you get all of the benefits of having your own business. If you can do that, right, then you'll be able to retain employees. Mm. Yeah, I think that's good advice. Um, one of the things that I was researching prior to our call is, the two most common reasons that traditional workers um, gave up their full-time job for freelance work, number one was to earn extra money. Number mm -hmm. two was to have flexibility in their schedule. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think we can all relate to that. And just to like comment on that, it's like, yeah, like just to comment on the scheduling thing. I just feel like and I just saw Richard Branson commented on this recently. There's no reason for us in the modern age to have to physically go to a like workplace anymore for, for probably 80% of the industries out there. Obviously, there's a lot of like industries that require you to be like, you know, on location. But for the most part, there's technology that can that makes it possible for you not to be in person for things like meetings, um, communication tools out there. I mean, there's just no reason for people to have to physically go to an office and they really crave that flexibility in their mm -hmm. time and schedule. And I think you and I obviously being entrepreneurs and having that luxury, I, we it's so obvious to us the way that companies can really think about the way that they do their work and handle their work. And I mean, I don't care what level you're at on the executive food chain, who doesn't want to work more from home or sure. from wherever they want. Yeah. I think it is definitely important to recognize that there is an aspect to 
socializing that's important for building relationships and being successful in business and um, just having a, a better cohesive team to, to execute projects and get that excitement through having friendships and such. But mm-hmm. you're, you're totally right. It's not, you don't need to be there full time to develop those things. So even like schools, I see a lot of institutions setting up um, graduate programs where you'll go to, um, you'll, you'll meet up for like one or two weeks at the beginning of the semester and at the end of the semester for a PhD program. Um, whereas, you know, traditionally for PhD programs, you'd have to be there in person full time to do the research. But now we have all of these amazing technologies where we can communicate through the internet, um, that it's no longer necessary. Yeah, I mean, I find it so crazy that it's been so long that this technology has been available, and yet we're still in this place in 2019 where um, companies have been slow to adopt. I mean, I'm sure people have been having this conversation about the gig economy for like the last decade, but it doesn't mean that it's really like affected anything except for the fact that companies are losing employees and people are more interested than ever in the gig economy and have more opportunity than ever to actually like benefit from it, too. So it's interesting. Um, and then on this other topic of like, like if I was a corporation, I'd be like, okay, how can I create more flexibility in the schedule of my employees? And for anyone who's listening to this because they want to like get out of their nine to five, um, yeah, there's like so many options out there for you. And probably one of them being like the desire to earn extra money. I mean, I think we all know that the millennial generation in particular is not getting promoted like they used to. They're crippled with student debt. Um, The baby boomer generation has been slow to retire. And so millennials are kind of like waiting their turn to get promoted. In the meantime, it's like we're getting antsy. So why wouldn't, you know, somebody turn to freelance work to earn extra money? Um, Yeah. Not to mention the fact that a lot of companies are moving away from the standard uh, promotional tendency where bringing people up, you know, that are in middle management to be senior directors, they're like getting rid of senior directors altogether because it's not profitable for them. And so the millennial generation isn't even going to have that option. It's already disappearing. It's so true. Yeah. Well, okay. I think this brings up like an interesting topic too, about what it means to be successful in America. Like, how do you think that this uh, this new mobility and technology is, and just maybe our attitudes towards work is totally reshaping the American dream in terms of what it means to be like successful with a capital S, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I definitely personally don't equate success with a specific amount of money. I'm personally much more interested with being able to have the everyday experience that I want to have, like having the flexibility to travel, see different countries, experience different cultures, of course, having enough money to to cover my bills and um, have a safety net for, you know, emergencies if something happens. But, um, you know, I wouldn't even feel good about the fact that if I had a lot of money to be spending it on like yachts and um, mansions. <laughs> I wouldn't, I couldn't even bring myself to do that. And I think a lot of millennials kind of have that same, um, that same mindset. Whereas like back in the nineties, like people that were in their twenties 
wanted all of that. They wanted the, the capitalistic mindset was like so much more prominent. And I think we're kind of experiencing a shift, which is related um, to this whole process. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. Actually, I really want to circle back and talk about your personal experience, because I think it is really of interest to people who are maybe thinking about diving into the gig economy and knowing their options. Um, But before I do, I just want to like reinforce what you just said with some data that we found, too, which is that uh, basically no collar is the new white collar, according to this research report by this institute called Cassandra Speaks, who does a lot of research on generation Z and then Generation Alpha, and of course, Millennials, Generation Y. But it said that 70% of Generation Zs and 66% of Generation Ys, which are the Millennials, say that office jobs are less appealing to their generation. So obviously, like, that's the vast majority of us don't feel like, you know, having the office job is like the thing to do. But I did want to circle back to like your personal experience, Jacqueline, since it's our first episode, maybe we should tell people a little bit about our background. Like to me, when I look at you and like, obviously you and I have known each other since we were like 12 years old (laughs) and (laughs) friends forever and business owners for like a, a wonderful period of time now. But Um, from my perspective, just kind of connecting with you on social media, even like way back to like our MySpace days, um, (laughs) I'm totally aging ourselves. Um, I mean, to me, I've always been like fascinated by your career because it always seemed to me that you were like this mobile digital nomad, literally living all over the world. Like, can you recap some of the places that you lived and like share maybe like your two top tips for how you made that work for you financially? Yeah, so um, I actually intentionally went into technology because I wanted to be mobile and because I saw it as kind of an emerging method to um, having, you know, total independence over your life. Um, And so I actually, when I was an undergrad, I was studying conservation biology and I did um, some some research out in Ecuador in the Amazon rainforest. And that really got me excited about uh, traveling and experiencing other places. And so after I graduated, I, I worked for a company called GoDaddy for a bit, and that was like a really good educational experience where I learned how to run servers and basically sort of the foundations for how the internet worked. And um, and then I just basically started self-educating. You know, you have the internet there, you can basically learn anything. And so I taught myself <laughs> how to be a developer. Um, yeah. And I, I grew up, you know, with a dad who is super into art and always taught me how to look at things very carefully, had a great eye. And so that really helped, um, helps me have like the full, um, um, you know, basket, um, in terms of being able to do like total development from the visual to the coding and all of that, which doesn't always happen. Um, so anyways, um, so that was my tool set, uh, to be able to travel from anywhere. Um, I worked as a freelancer for many years and then I started a number of different companies with different partners, um, doing everything from, um, website development to, to full application development and mobile development, um, user experience design, et cetera. And I've lived in places like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just have to cut you off because you say it so okay. casually, like, Oh yeah, I just like own all these businesses. And I just think like for the average person, like what, like you are so fearless. Like, how do you, 
how do you just dive in? Like what's like one tip you have for someone who's just like not sure where to go with their career in terms of like, can I actually be an entrepreneur? Can I actually like take these steps? Like what, what's the first step that you can even take? And like, how do you overcome that fear of failure, I guess? Or do you just not have Uh, that? I mean, I think you just have to decide to like, stop thinking about that um because (laughs) that is that is the one thing that always stops everybody it's like the what if what if what if and like what if who cares you just literally you have to try a ton of stuff and then see what sticks and see what doesn't and I've done a ton of things that haven't worked and maybe some people would tell me that it, it was a waste of my time to do those things or it was a waste of my my money sometimes I did invest money in experiments never like insane amounts stuff that I could manage but um but I made a lot of uh, I did a lot of things that didn't work but for me that was a great investment because it taught me what I know how to do now which is really successful and that's what you have to go through so my recommendation is try a bunch of things make a ton of mistakes break everything and don't be afraid to break it like be excited like oh my gosh I just learned something now I can move forward and and do it this way you know Oh my gosh, Jacqueline, I just have to say it's like partnering with you has completely shifted my mindset around what failure is and what mistakes are. And I think you're really brilliant at that. And again, it's like you say it so casually, but it is such an important mindset to have as an entrepreneur that like you have to anticipate that mistakes will happen and you have to have that mindset that, oh, you know, this this mistake did occur and it's fine and we've learned and now moving on like you can't like set yourself up as if it's going to be perfect because entrepreneurship is totally imperfect um yeah well i think that goes back to like grade school the way that we're educated in the system is messed up like it teaches you that like when you get a bad grade or you make a mistake that you did something wrong and I'm yeah. sorry to say, but that's total bullshit. Like, maybe <laughs> totally. it should cuss on the, on the episode. No, reals, that is away. bullshit. We got to be ourselves here. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the, edu- I think that's the education great. system should be teaching us to make mistakes because that is literally, literally the process of learning. Absolutely. So, <laughs> you know what? Okay, this is a podcast episode for the future is how we can incorporate yeah. mistakes into learning using technology. But we will save that for another day. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think I cut you yeah, off midstream, like just to, again, recap on the places that you lived. And by the way, we both grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. So to give our listeners some context. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've lived in, in New York City, Washington, D.C., San Francisco, um, kind of Germany for a little bit when my sister was living out there, Michigan. Um, and I've worked abroad, uh, you know, as a, let's say kind of a nomad style in Ecuador and Peru, um, a number of times right now I'm working out of Chile and, um, and I have about five trips planned this year, Uruguay, um, Brazil and where else am I going? Oh yeah, Argentina, Buenos Aires. <laughs> Those ones are for sure. Yeah. So amazing. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it so much. Well, um, yeah, gig economy, man. I mean, whether your gig economy, think of it as like just a side hustle or your full time thing. There's so many, so many options out there, and we're just like fascinated with the way that it's really reshaping our attitudes towards like life and work and all of that stuff. Um, 
Let's see, before we wrap up here, I'm wondering if there are any tips that we should share. We kind of shared some tips for people who want to leave their full-time career and start exploring gigs. I mean, I don't know that it's very tangible what we shared, but definitely like, you know, you should explore your options um, for earning extra income from like the Ubers and the Lyfts of the world to starting a full-fledged online business or applying your skill set to teach people what you do and like making money off of that. I mean, there's a million ways. Um, I guess we can't really cover it in the on this podcast, but um, I think also your commentary on like how to even approach entrepreneurship from a mindset perspective is, um, interesting. And I mean, overall, it's like, again, it's hard to see where we are, um, in this point in time as human beings, but never, ever before has humanity ever had the tools that we have available to actually pursue other types of income. So like, why wouldn't you, I think if you're old enough, like why wouldn't you right now be exploring an alternative way of earning money? Yeah, and by the way, it's super fun to to test all of these things out and experiment. But it, to me, it seems like, you know, historically we were in this era where everybody had their own little shop and they basically lived in their shop and that was their life. They might have made um, tools out of metal or, um, I don't know, food or whatever. But like their business was where they lived and that was their life. And then we went through this you know, industrial process where we built all these manufacturing plants and technology allowed us to grow into these huge organizations and corporations with tens of thousands of employees sometimes. And what that's kind of created is like this disassociative factor of community within these organizations. Um, And it all happened so fast. It's like we haven't even had time to come up with systems to sort of manage what the implications of that, what they really are. Mm -hmm. And I feel I feel like the the this this thing that's happening with the gig economy, where like all of these individuals are desiring to sort of go back to that historical lifestyle of owning your own company and being right up front and real with it, like knowing everything that's going on, having your own freedom, freedom and flexibility are a part of it. But it's also like when you have your own thing, you can make good decisions and do good things for the world. And you always know what's going on. And with corporations, it's it's a lot more dangerous. Like there's no conscience in a corporation. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I feel like there's something here um, mm-hmm. that's going on that's really, really important. And we haven't really like unraveled that whole story yet. Mm. Oh my gosh. I love what you're saying about this. Just like the energy that you put into a smaller entity being like your own business. Just like think of how much better that is for the world. <laughs> You know, yeah, Yeah. because you're closer to the work that you're producing. It's so much more meaningful to you. Mm -hmm. I think that people are sick of feeling like this cog in a wheel um, and like they have no quality of life, but they're stuck in this cycle. Totally. You can be more socially and environmentally responsible when you are like in control of what's happening around you. We all know that when we're working for, you know, a gargantuan organization that you're not, even if your job title tells you that you're supposed to be. 
<laughs> yeah. All the red tape. And I mean, I just think that comes with like, that's just the nature of corporate America and also yeah. a lack of adoption of these technical tools that could make project management a lot easier, but most don't adopt. Um, so very interesting. Well, what else do we want to say? Anything else that we should add to our conversation here? It's been fun to chat with you and record our very first episode. Yeah, it's super fun. No, I, I would just say um, this, this for me has personally been um, a very, you know, passionate topic of mine and a driving force in my life. And um, I want to make it a point for anyone that I come across to to help them navigate through, you know, this sea of options. Um, if you want a lifestyle or whatever, like my contact information is all over the Internet. Feel free to contact me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, um, for anyone listening, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation on the gig economy. We hope that you subscribe. Please leave us a review and connect with us on social media. We'd love to know more about how the gig economy is affecting your life and the way that you want to live. So um, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.